What's up, fam? It's your boy, and you already know what time it is, man. Crazy, crazy day in the market, as we have probably all expected after hearing a lot of things dealing with the Omicron variant over the weekend. And now market sentiment is sitting on the sidelines trying to figure out how to play this going forward. And we have a lot of direction to figure out. Spy $500 calls, things that I'm talking about here with you in routine basis, is starting to like starting to show shape and form that market weakness is actually in the market way more than expected. And kind of got to take about think about this in a matter of how much more longer can this pain actually last in the market. And theoretically, we're going into this week with low volume coming in. It's a thing to think about and to consider that this market is not ready to actually push for a Santa Claus rally. Um, it's things that's showing its face that basically the overall market together is down. I think we'll get a, a, a pretty good sentiment here um, early uh, after the closing bell today when we hear Nike report earnings and we actually see how they actually do and what their forward guidance is. I think that is going to be a crutch, some to actually think about and some to actually explain. Because what we're thinking about now is that is supply chain shortages actually encompassing at this point in time, or are they just one of these things that we're having to deal with that's still a minor bleep? We don't know, right? Uh, I think that we the markets are actually seeing people actually shopping more locally. I think that the markets are actually seeing that there are shipping delays in a lot of ways. I think the Omicron variant itself is kind of getting people to have some type of fear in the market. And then that's leading to uncertainty and doubt. But then what you think about this is, is that what could President Biden say tomorrow that could affect the market even more catastrophically than it already has? We already have got that the uh, infrastructure, well, not the infrastructure bill, but the Build Back Better bill is now on pause. It won't be going in as structured as it was expected to be. All of these things are playing major roles. And, and don't forget, in addition, the tapering is coming to an end. So bond assets are not going to be getting purchased anymore by the government anymore. And that's going to start to decrease or decelerate, however you want to look at that, whatever term you want to use. But then we're still expecting interest rates to go up. But then at the same time, we understand that interest rates are going to go up in the short term. What we are still trying to figure out is why the yields are still going down as well. We have so much cross-confliction going on in the market that this is leading to an opportunity for a lot of people to actually be in on puts. A lot of people to actually buy buy the dip, and one of the things and the one key metrics that I'm watching is the spy. And matter of fact, these spy five hundred dollar calls are not getting any cheaper. Okay, so we definitely need a rebound, and we got to figure out where is the bottom. Is the market sentiment now coming in that they're looking for a reversal now, or is there the or is there a path to where we go even further down? In this live stream i expect to kind of like explain a little bit more in thesis on how this is playing out okay i think we're starting to see a shift in momentum i think that we're starting to see the market started to play this a little bit wilder and we may have an upheaval of a way to go in our path okay so what i want to do and typically what i would like to do is always make sure that we pay attention to cnbc closing bell i don't like it for the news aspect but I do like how the theatrics are set up to actually help us guide ourselves to the closing bell. We get that closing bell market right. And really, I just want to talk about a lot more things 
right now as we get closer to that closing bell. We're about 10 minutes away, and we already know what the sentiment is. The NASDAQ's down, the S&P's down, the Dow's down. What I want to do is actually we're going to throw up actually uh, in the backdrop here. We're going to throw up the spot. We're going to watch this as it get ready to get closer to the close. And then we'll shift over to the closing bell right for the closing bell and get into a lot more detail. So what I want to do today in this live stream, and if you listen to this on the podcast, hey, I appreciate you listening to it on the podcast as well. But when you get finished listening to it on the podcast and you get a time, definitely go ahead and come back and watch the replay and come back to some of these markers that we're going to actually have in play today, okay? What I want to do is talk about first is go ahead and throw your tickers, the tickers that you want to watch, that you want to talk about for your marketplace, whether that's buying stocks, whether that's buying options, whether that's dividends, whatever it is, go ahead, drop that ticker in the chat. So as you come in, you drop that there, we'll pull those tickers, we'll look at them, and we'll talk about them over time. But we're going to watch how this market closes out this evening. And we're starting to see a strong bullish candle come in that's just got dropped off on SPY right here. So we are seeing that SPY is trying to push back into that gap area that we're looking at right now. Well, we're about 455 is what we're looking at for that gap to fill. And we're going to see if this rush to the market is actually going to hold or is there going to be a pullback and decline as we get closer to the end, maybe five minutes in. We'll see if we can sustain this level of a push that it's actually given us. But this is not what we're thinking of that we was going to be at when it comes to SPY. So we got to see how's the market really thinking about this? What is really driving some of the things that they're considering, as you see, SPY is really trying to make that push into the gap. And that's what we got to figure out, okay? So we got some trends that I've already identified. I've talked about these countless, uh, countless times. But really and truly, it's about can we sustain this rally back to the top or is there more pain to come? Honestly, I'm starting to see writing on the wall that ever since we got through all the catalysts that we was looking for, that more pain may be coming into the market. And we got to strategize. We got to come up with our own ways, our own methodologies on how we're going to get past these things, okay? And how we can take advantage of the situation and the scenarios that we have in front of us. So that's what we're going to do in this live stream today. We're going to discuss these things more candidly. We're going to look at what's going on in the charts. We're going to look and see what the overall spectrum of the market is and where can we actually make value at right now okay that's what it really comes down to as we get ready to head into 2022 we have to start thinking about this is this going to be affecting the santa claus rally not only but is this a shift to where we can actually expect that the market is going to actually be in a downturn for a little bit longer than we actually expect and actually say that the uh actually uh the market could actually go in reverse okay so um i think we have a lot of things to consider and a lot of things to think about here, right? There is a question in the chat. I'm going to answer this real quick because this is something that is of importance right now. It says, so should I stay in the seat? This should be a $91 put, not $61. $91 put because it seems to want to reverse on Oracle, okay? That's O-R-C-L. We'll go ahead and check over that real quick because I got this up as well. So let's check that out. Um, you'll see here, I got Oracle on the 15-minute. This right here is my actually scallop play that I'm looking at right now. This is the descendant scallop. And right now what I see is that it's holding this trend right here. This trend has not broken just yet. 
it is supposed to be a day trade that I actually had set up for, but I still believe that this plate is coming down to actually $90.16 right above that gap. If you look at the uh, at the CCA swing right now or the stochastics I have up, you'll see on a daily it's still pointing down. Price just has, has not caught up to the momentum. So for me, this is now transitioned into a longer than a day, day trade. It will be a swing trade to tomorrow to give time for price to catch up to momentum on the stochastics. I believe this play is still founded. And I think right now, you have to go back over, look at the chart. It's actually descending at this very point in time. If we go over to the one minute, you're starting to see it's actually starting to try to decline down past our trend line that we actually drew here. So to me, I don't think it's a, a, a point away you should be actually worried about it right now. If you're already up in profit, you can consider actually getting out of it. There's nothing wrong with always booking gains, but I think that this thing still has more room to the downside as we turn our heads back to SPY. I hope that answers your question, okay? So we'll see that SPY is still attempting that push right back into the gap, and this is something to actually pay attention to. So we'll see. We'll see how, how it finishes, okay? That's what I really want to see. So definitely hit the like on these videos as they come out for sure that we can get all our likes up and we can make noise for uh, more people to come into the chat and want to hang out with us as a group and see how we actually do business over here. So we'll see. It's actually trying to, it's, 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 it's a lot of money involved at this 455 level. That's what's telling to me right now is that we're seeing that. And that is what we care to see is can it hold? And it looked like it's about to be actually falter right here on this, on this minute candle that we're seeing form right now. So we'll see if it can actually hold this level or is it going to make that push into the gap and then settle there and then close. If it closes into the gap, the main question should be, is that bullish, right? Um, and I would say right now, nothing is bullish uh, for me right now, right? I can tell you that looking at what's going on in this market right now, we don't have any strong sentiment in either way it goes. Right now, we are just floating along and people are like trying to find areas in time where they can actually park their money, right, and wait for all this to, to, to be done with, whether we're going down, if we're going to continue to go down, okay, let's get that directional path down, and we're seeing that pain right now, but then it's other people sitting on the side and say, okay, are we going up? Can we get that money where we can get our money back into the market and we continue this trend upwards? This is, this is a tug of war right now, and we're really entrenched in a battle for what is next for the indices, okay? And basically what the economy is dealing with, the GDP actually being reduced from 3% to 2% estimates in January uh, for the next quarter is something to consider too, especially with the Build Back Better plan not being in place. For those who don't understand, the Build Back Better plan had had uh, basically stimulus involved in it, okay, with the uh, child care, with the child tax credit that a lot of people either one, don't necessarily need on the front end or two, do require on the back, on the front end. This is that's a, a that is a, a push and pull method of what's going on, and it's a holding uh, pattern on getting that build back better plan done. Is because that's billions of dollars that has to go out each month. Okay, so right now that is a contested issue on Capitol Hill as we're about four minutes away from the closing bell. Okay, so I think right now what you're seeing, you're seeing basically that. Everyone has their own reason for doing the things that they are doing. And uh, when I say doing, I mean basically on Capitol Hill, like what is best for the economy and what's best for the constituents, okay? That's two different things, right? One leads to actually helping the economy overall 
And the second actually helps you get reelected. So you got to think about it from that nature. As we see, SPY is actually pushing up right now, trying to close below 1%, which is interesting because I'm actually believing that this right here should not have been a move made right now. I didn't think that we're actually getting to the gap on SPY right now, but I don't know if it's going to hold it. And this is why I say this is an interesting day for the market because the market needs to send a signal which direction that we're actually going to go. And this could be a, um, a not a precursor, but kind of a precursor before uh, actually President Joe Biden gets out here and speak. Because, like, what are the things that he can say? We already know that he's going to talk about booster shots for kids um, tomorrow. Definitely know there's going to be some type of mandate for masks, right? Uh, really and truly, what else do we actually going to get out of this? We already know that Omicron is something to actually be aware of. Uh, we know that hospitalizations may go up, okay? But we also get news that Moderna... Uh, booster shot is actually effective after the two dosage you get you get uh protection but the third dosage of that booster actually gives you protection against omicron okay so we are getting all this information so i don't really know how much more the market is really worried about what is going to be said next but today is an indicator of after being down over 1.7 percent on the day that the market is still trying to rally back into this gap and try to send that signal that maybe there is a leg going forward. Now, I've talked to people in my Discord, and I even talked about it yesterday in my video, that there is a um, a path for me to exit this play currently, as it states in this form of 21 January. Tomorrow starts the 30-day uh, countdown on actually being in the $500 calls, right? So in that 30-day time span, what I like to do is actually consider my exit strategy now, Okay. So we've already talked about it a little bit here, and I've already gave like my sentiment on my exit strategy. As we see, the spy is still pushing forward with these last two minutes. But I'm going to take a break right here. Let's pull up the closing bell, and let's actually look at what they're actually talking about over there and make sure that we don't miss our closing bell opportunity like always, and I finish my statement after that. Okay. Lindsay and Sylvia, thank you both for joining us today. It's great to have you, especially on a big day like thank today. Thank you. We've got just over a minute left of trading here heading into the close. Mike, what are you seeing in the market internals? Yeah, it's been kind of a sneaky rally since about 1130, the S&P 500 up. Uh, really about a percent since the lows this morning. Tested the downside of this trading range for a couple of months. The internals are still on the ugly side. It's very difficult to turn out around the advanced decline line, but it was even worse earlier than this uh, than what we're seeing right now. Three billion shares down, 800 million to the upside. Russell 2000 is another index that seemed like it bent but didn't break today. It went right below uh, what's been the low end of its longer term. Ripping. My bad. I think I only have it on right now, do I? Let me turn that up right here. Uh, that would be here. You should be able to hear it now. Year, uh, and then it sort of seems to have firmed up right there. So that's a really long-term range that uh, perhaps has held right now as the S&P is also near some crucial levels. The volatility index got above 25 earlier, but has been bleeding lower ever since the market itself stopped making new lows. Yeah, so look at that bleed out. Around 23. Yeah, so it finished at uh, 4507, but now it has just over 1%. The Dow down 437 with down almost 700 at the peak. Uh, the Nasdaq. Uh, look at that. And it's still declining right now, a little bit lower. Santoli was in today for Wilford Frost. Investors are now awaiting earnings from Nike and Micron. We'll have instant analysis of those numbers for you as soon as they are released.
Plus, Carnival CEO Arnold Donald on his company's latest financial results and how the surge in Omicron cases is impacting his bookings. First up on the market, Scott Wren, senior global market strategist from Wells Fargo Investment Institute, joins the conversation. Scott, what are you telling your clients who a lot of them are losing a lot of money today and, and have been in recent weeks? Well, Sarah, what we're telling them is the market's only down about three and a half percent, less than that from an all time record high. You got to have a plan. You got to know what you want to buy and you have to know where these technical levels are. So the low today was close to the 100 day moving average. We want to buy as the market approaches that. We're a little further, 4350 is the 200-day moving average in the S&P 500. If we start to approach that, we want to be buying. So these are opportunities that investors have been looking for. Time to pull the trigger when you have the opportunity. Yes, the market is only 4% from a record high, but the average stock, Scott, you know, is 28% from, from its recent highs. The broader market is just a, a handful of big cap tech stocks. That's right. Well, you know, you, you, you have to, um, sir, you have to look at um, maybe not the average stock. You have to be well aware of the stocks that are driving the indices, driving these individual sector uh, sector indices and things like that. So, you know, technology has taken it on the chin here. Um, we want Very a growth true. component. Very you know, true. we're looking for 5,200 next year by uh, the end of the year for the S&P 500. We're not going to get there unless tech at least participates. We think it's going to outperform. So as tech gets hit here, you want to look once again at the sector um, uh, charts and find out where the support is. We're close to it in technology. So you want to be buying here uh, as the market pulls back. Scott, as we as we sit here and, and kind of are driven to some degree by headlines about the latest COVID surge and see some uh, dampening of consumer demand for travel and things like that, you know, you might be able to say, well, let's just run the playbook again. There's going to be now another reopening trade arguably set up. Is that something that seems like it makes sense to position for right here? Or have we not yet seen, uh, you know, enough of a pullback in those sectors to make that interesting? Well, Mike, I think that we haven't really seen much of a pullback okay, overall. He's talking good, but let's listen in on. Um, let's, we're going to sw switch over to uh, the earnings reports for uh, actually Micron. Okay, Micron coming in with a beat, but guys lower. Okay, you'll see Micron reported uh, quarter uh, August 2021 earnings of $2.46 per share. On revenue of 8.3. No, that can't be right. That's not the right one, right? Let's see. No, that's not the right one. They just came in with the earnings. Give me one second. We'll get it here. It said August. Uh, they came in with a beat. I just saw it. Let's see where to go. Micron came in with a beat. No, I'm not trying to play it right. Okay, let's listen back in. Maybe I don't have it right now. I thought like I thought I did. I had the beat, but now I don't have it. Let me find it to work. And yes, we won't see government mandated lockdowns. The White House just just confirmed that's not what President Biden is thinking of. But that that's happening. Restaurant reservations, no doubt, are down double digits from where they were in 2019. I'm starting to see that in the open table data. People, as I said, aren't going back to work. Schools, while they're trying to stay open, are closing because of COVID cases at a time where the Federal Reserve is much more hawkish and is potentially planning three interest rate hikes next year at a time where stimulus is coming off and looks increasingly unlikely that we're going to get more. Yeah, I, th I think, Sarah, you know, the, the Federal Reserve, you know, three hikes uh, next year, which that surprised us. We didn't think they're going to do that much, but that's still uh, under 1%. And I think it's hard to argue that you need emergency monetary policy, you know, when we're going to see, you know, 
four and a half percent growth in 2022. That's our estimate, at least. And once again, you know, as inflation is decelerating and as these headwinds aren't as much for the reopening. Now, is that going to negatively affect growth? You know, sure, sure it is. But but in our opinion, it's it's a temporary situation. It's going to probably play out over the next few months. But as I mentioned earlier, you need to have certain views on things like the virus, employment, inflation, the Fed. And you have to have a view on those to feel good about buying on these pullbacks. And I think for us, you know, those things I mentioned, they're positives and we want to take advantage of it. Like I had said, though, like if you look over at uh, Micron right now, you'll see Micron is up 6% in the after hours right now. So we definitely know that they beat on earnings. Let's see if it popped up here. We don't have it here yet as either. But they beat on earnings. I think I saw they beat on revs. Um, so that's interesting here. We get a nice push of $5 move on Micron. If we turn on after hours here, you'll see. Okay, extended hours. Look at that big candle right there. That is amazing. Good for Micron. I think they got to bring it up right now. So let's listen in. $2.16. That is ahead of Wall Street expectations of $2.11. Sales of $7.69 billion. That is basically in line with Wall Street consensus. Sanjay Malotra, the CEO of Micron Tech, says we are now shipping our industry-leading DRAM and NAND technologies across major end markets, and we delivered new solutions to data center, client mobile graphics, and automotive customers. He also referenced some powerful secular trends, including 5G and AI. You can see shares here are up over six and a half percent here in extended trade. The conference call guy starts at 4.30 p.m. Eastern, and I will be on it. Back to you. Seema, thanks very much. Let's bring in Matt Bryson from Wedbush Securities. He has a neutral rating, an $85 price target on the stock. Um, uh, Matt, give, give us your first impressions here. It seems like the revenue guidance maybe uh, is behind some of the cheer in the after-hours trading. Yeah, oh, no, certainly it, it is the guide. So when you look at this management team, they're, they're known for guiding conservatively. Uh, they came out, they, they guided ahead of numbers. People are looking for fundamentals in memory to bottom over the next two quarters. Um, and it looks like a, a very good guide, particularly given my concerns, for instance, that numbers could come in a bit lighter uh, simply because this management team tends to be so conservative. Right. So that's uh, being taken. OK, as a so let's look over here and check out uh, the semiconductors right now. You'll see that Avgo is only up 0.71 based off this news. KLIC up 1.64 percent right now. Then you have Intel up 0.34 percent in the after hours. You'll see Texas Instrument, no movement there. Then you have Implied Materials, they up 0.92 percent. Taiwan Semiconductor up. You can't see it over there. Let me change it over here. So you'll see a Taiwan Semiconductor is up 0.12. NVIDIA is making a move based off this Micron news right here, which is actually quite bullish. And then you'll see that also we have AMD pretty much flat right now. So let's check out what that information was when it came over to uh, actually Micron, okay? So what you'll see here is that Micron is actually reporting that they have an actual First quarter revenue earnings of two uh, earnings of two dollars and sixteen cent per share. Consistent earnings estimate was two dollars and one cent per share on revenue of seven point seven billion, which they came in with revenue about seven point eight billion, which is in line. And then they got it even further, so that's even better for Micron. Okay, so good job with Micron. That may be one. Of, this is what we need, folks. Like we need more days like this, where basically 
you get where the market is actually seeing some type of semblance where they can get behind what is actually going on, whether it's consumer discretionary, whether it's semis, whether it's technology, whether it's the big five, the big 10, however you want to look at it. We need to see these companies come in, beat earnings, and start getting that rally kind of going in the right direction, okay? So this is what we kind of need, and that's a good start for us to actually get Micron in. Now, what we got to worry about, though, is where Nike is coming in, okay? That's the big headline here today is what is Nike going to say? Remember, Nike, uh, basically, let's look over at Nike's chart, too, as I talk about it. Nike uh, actually had came in earlier quarter and basically said, okay, this is what we expect to happen. We're going to have supply chain shortages, right, over in Vietnam. And this is going to affect our revenue guide going forward. Now, this is giving the market sentiment time to actually think about this over time and think about how they're going to um, actually play Nike going forward, how they're going to invest with Nike. But Nike has been in an overall downtrend. Let's turn off extended hours just right now. And we basically turn off all the EMAs. We just want to get the look. Uh, what's going on with Nike? You'll see that Nike has an overall downtrend that has shifted that has shifted angles. Like you'll see that it's aggressively came this way on the downslope, and they tried to make a higher high, but then it failed. And then now this trend has changed to where this trend is now in a downward trend, and it's getting worse. Okay, so we can actually move it this way too if you wanted to, and you'll get another slope of a level, and you'll see that that level has not yet been broken at all. So. Where are we at with Nike? I think that we we, we hope to hear that Nike is going to come out with something better here. And you'll see currently right now that they're up 0.33% in the after hours as we anticipate this earnings release. Um, once again, we're going to try to get that here first. We're going to see their post release of that 415. Um, and we'll see how that goes here shortly and see what we get from them. But yeah, that's what we're at. We got to hope that we get something better out of some of these companies. So let's talk about Facebook and Microsoft as we wait, right? We got to, we got requests here uh, for Facebook and Microsoft. So what I want you to do as we wait for these other tickers to come in, uh, what we're waiting on Nike, definitely go ahead and put your tickers in the chat so that way I don't miss them and we can get through them, you know, help you out here, understand the next position and move that you're going to make. Definitely, definitely, definitely. If you're joining us for the first time today, definitely hit that like button so that way we can grow this channel even more. But let's look over at Facebook right now or the metaverse platforms, however you want to call it. Uh, let's look at that real quick. So we'll see here on metaverse, meta platforms, you see that basically it's, it's making lower, uh, it's, basically, it's, a, it's not a double bottom because the angle has changed, but it is making lower lows. So this play right here is trying to get lower lows and trying to get higher highs. So theoretically you could call this a channel that is in right now okay but this channel is actually still layer out to about here right there you go this is where your channel is basically at right now and we've been in this level and now it's been traded in this weird angle that we're dealing with right now if you go over to the daily look at this what, what do we have we have almost a flag pattern here but remember a flag pattern cannot go more than a three to four weeks on a higher time frame okay so we are not at that flag pattern, but we're looking for a breakout either way it goes from this channel. And if we turn on the linear regression, you'll see we was at the top of the channel of the linear, and now it's moving its way back to the midpoint. So it may be coming right back down here to where my level was at for 309.47, or it could get news to where we see a bounce here. So if you're looking at it from a standpoint, uh, let's go to the four hour. 
if you go to the four hour right now, we're looking at a standpoint where this could actually be a W pattern that's actually forming, which is a double bottom level. But and this could be your midpoint here. But that right there, it shows me that it's probably not going to be at that level right there. So we would draw that again. You can see that maybe we have it. Let's take the brush. You can take your brush. You can go here. And now this is going to probably wind up being a scallop. Okay. Where well, it's going to go this way right here. This is an ascending scallop, which is an ascending scallop. If we get bullish momentum, you get a nice candle, you'll see another move to the upside like this, breaking that trend. Okay. Where well, it may even gap up through that trend. So right now I have an alert set at three, what, 347 for this level. We were looking for that, but this could be a breakout to the upside if we keep the same momentum and trajectory that we're already having when it comes over to the S&P trying to recover, to the market overall trying to recover and bounce back up. But we still have some pain to get through because we have unknowns that we got to get out of, right? So that goes back to my sentiment of talking about, like when we talk about FB, that goes back to my sentiment of you got to understand where the market is trying to go. The market has not yet dictated where it would like to go. And we thought, honestly, earlier in the November, we was on this push forward after Thanksgiving when we saw this thing starting to lift off and then Omicron races ugly head at that same breakout when we starting to make that breakout up. And that's why we now in this level where we got to figure out what is the next move. And Facebook is part of the tech. And it's going to be one of those that's going to actually take time to figure out if it's actually ready to go to a tech rally or is it going to have to take time to actually cool off even a bit more and see where we go. And one of the ways that you can indicate that, right, is if you look over at the stochastics here, okay, and this is uh, Facebook stochastics, you'll see that price is the orange line, momentum is the blue line. Price is back here, okay? Price is at this level where it is actually, oh, sorry, let me get that back on for you. You'll see prices at this level right here, that orange line that's back here, and this is momentum. Well, price and momentum need to be together if this is actually moving in the right direction. So momentum has already shifted to where Facebook is in a downtrend, and price is yet to catch up with it. To me, that signals that we have even further down to go when it comes to Facebook, okay? So we have time on these contracts that I have in January, but you got to watch this play overall and see if it can actually break out. Now, one of the good things about Facebook plays is that you guys should play this both ways. It has a high ATR, uh, uh, an average uh, true range uh, that you can actually look at for pricing. So I'll bring that up to you real quick and show you that as well. It's another indicator that you can use that, that's on TradingView. Um, average true range, you'll check this out. You'll see right now on the daily, Facebook actually trades around about $8 on a day, okay? So you can make $8 up, you can make $8 down. This is a move that can actually start getting steam and go in the opposite direction in either way, okay? So be careful when you're watching Facebook. So we're still waiting on those Nike's earnings, okay? We have not yet got them just yet. So we're waiting to see how that plays out. Uh, we'll see what we get. Let's head over to Nike and see if they actually have anything up right now. They're supposed to release at 415 and we have not yet got them yet. So we'll be a, be patient on that, see what we get here. Um, and then let's go over to Microsoft. So Microsoft, we'll check out as well. And we'll see here, Microsoft will turn up the linear regression just for right now. But you'll see Microsoft is actually still trying to complete a downtrend, maybe maybe at a double bottom right here. That could be the case. Um, let's see if this price, oops, sorry. Let's see if the price is actually indicate of a double bottom. This is on the daily. We actually have what price at 318. 
And then we had a price here at 317, 317.79. So it's almost a double bottom over here. And this could be a potential play here. Now, what I would like to see is Microsoft turn back to the upside and break 328.80, right? That resistance area that it just came from. So if it does, then let's see what we have. We got Nike, they beat earnings. Okay, Nike beat earnings. Let's listen in. What much better, about 20 cents better than what analysts were looking for, EPS of 63 cents. Overall revenues, 11.4 billion, and that came in a little better than what analysts were expecting at 11.25 billion dollars. Here's the story with Nike. It is a tale of two geographies. North America coming in very, very strong at four point, almost $5 billion, 12% growth. That was better than what was expected. China, on the other hand, which is a key growth market for this company, coming in weaker than expected. This was the worry going in. It looks like these China numbers are light of consensus, 1.484 billion. That's down 20%. So that was a little bit worse than what analysts were expecting. Gross margins, another key metric, obviously up 45.9%, and that was better. And it shows that the brand continues to be strong. We knew this company was having supply chain problems. They warned about it during this quarter. It looks like it is impacting the China market especially hard. The stock is up after hours on the overall top and bottom line beats and very strong North American numbers. For more on the Nike results, let's bring in Simeon Siegel from BMO Capital Markets. Simeon, I'll, I'll continue to pour through the release. I gave you what, what stood out to me. What, what about you? What do you think is important here? First of all, Sarah, I'm the sell starter. You stole the line. I'm supposed to say it's a tale of two cities. I think at the end <laughs> of the day, we have, listen, you hit it, right? It's North America strength, China weakness. And the question is going to be, does that China weakness persist or is it transitory? And I think that right now, if we take that first half and we look at North America strength, despite the size that Nike is, and we look at the gross margin beat, that's a really good number. Ultimately, that China, like if the stock's up, it's not up a lot. Right. And we're still off of the peaks. So I think that's going to be the question people are going to have to ask. That will definitely come up on the conference call and still gauging this trajectory of that very important region is going to be a question that we're going to have to continue to focus on. Right. I mean, this is the growth market for Nike. So a stumble in China would be a problem. Doesn't look like a problem right now. The market, it was worried about China going in here. Stocks up almost 3% after hours. You've got the rolling shutdowns of COVID. You've got the longer lead times from places like Vietnam going to China. Is there any reason to think that, that there is a bigger problem here with the brand in terms of a recovery in that region? Or, or do you chalk it up to some of those factors that are hurting because of COVID? No, listen, I think it's a really important point. I think that at the end of the day, the question is, is this a consumer demand issue? Because if it's a consumer demand issue, Nike will get through it. There is no one with their budget. There is no one with their scale. And you and I have talked about many times over the last several years and longer where Nike had a competitor entering their force. They deploy R&D. They deploy marketing. So if that's all it is, then it's just a matter of time. And then I think it'll be transitory. And I think that it's very hard to fight a company with that scale. If it's something that's bigger, right? If it's something that's more structural, that's where we'll have the issue. I, I believe it's going to prove transitory. And I believe that that's what we're going to see. So I'm more in that side of the camp. But I think it's a fair question. I don't think we'll be able to answer it yet. Simeon, um, you know, it's been a long running trend, obviously, uh, direct to consumer uh, sales growing faster than overall revenues, up 9% direct uh, this quarter versus up 1% total revenue. So you have more than 40% of revenue in the past quarter coming through that channel. What do you think might be ultimately where that settles out? Uh, and what does that mean just for, uh, in general, for Nike's margins longer term? Because, the mar you know, the stock's certainly valued uh, as, as one that should have premium margins for a long time. 
Yeah, so I think that Nike's margins come from its brand strength. I don't actually believe that they come from the direct. My team has done a lot of work on this notion that DTC is not all it's cracked up to be, as was the name of the report that we put out several months ago. I think we're going to continue seeing this grow. I think that we're going to see direct penetration for all large brands grow. But I think what's important to acknowledge is the largest, most profitable brands got there by embracing wholesale in the first place. I think we need to remember wholesale is not this evil word, whether you're the largest brand or whether you're just growing. So my view is that use the right wholesale partner, which Nike is very clear about. They, they talk about this differentiated retail they're gonna focus on. They're not walking away entirely, but they're making sure that the brand image is healthy and is strong. I think that's what we'll continue to see. I think for those that do it well, they'll have a very strong blend of their own business, but also very strong wholesale partners. I think just simply walking away from wholesale entirely is probably not the right way to go. Not to steal your thunder again, Simeon, but maybe you will ask this question on the conference call. I hope you do, or someone else does about what they're doing on technology, because they're making a lot of interesting moves. They, they acquired Artifact, which makes digital NFTs of shoes. They're talking about the metaverse and filing patents. And I think it's interesting, given their sneakers app started with a little known acquisition that they built into a behemoth. And I just wonder how big, you know, given John Donahoe's background in the digital world, this is for them. I think rest assured, we're not going to have to ask it. It's going to be one of the first things they bring up, that this will be a topic of conversation. And I think it's another, listen, like China, we'll be talking about it for a very long time. Like China, determining how much it actually moves the needle will also be a long time to figure out. Simeon Siegel, thank you for joining us. It's good to have you. All yeah. right. Well, that's good news, right? So to me, that is good news. And actually, the S&P 500 is actually up. After hours up again, the spy you see is up 0.27%. Another dollar and 21 cent made up already. And it's kind of interesting because if you go over and look at Nike, and I'm gonna get back to Microsoft tip, and I didn't forget about it. I'll check it out here in a second. Is that 161.27 is actually what we're looking at right about now, two and a half percent up on Nike at this point in time. You'll see. Um, let me head back over. Sorry, I hit the wrong button, but you'll see that Nike's up 1.2257 uh, right now, like I said, four dollars up right now in the after hours. Great move, great strategy. It was implemented by Nike, in my opinion. Okay, and let's talk about that. That my opinion on this. Really and truly, Nike took the opportunity to go ahead and kind of set the stage. You know, layer it down. Like I said before, by they talking about their supply chain issues that they was going to have out of Vietnam, they did a great job of like talking about that in advance, and they took a beating for that. Really and truly, if you go back over and you check out um that that earnest calls previously before that you'll see they took a beating for that recently here you'll go back over to the jet let's go over to the daily and check it out um show you this real quick that basically this move to the downside right here is what actually happened with nike after they reported that they was going to have that problem right and we have this nice big massive m that's actually was performing here m means it's going down like frazier right but you see it had this gap down from its office highs at that point in time, and it dropped down here, and it's been trying to recover ever since then. Now, one of the things about these peaks, right, that we actually have here, because I have this as a tremendous gap, okay, like a tremendous gap. As a matter of fact, let's fix that gap. So anybody who rocks with me knows that these gaps need to actually show from the time that it actually started to the time that it actually ended, okay? So let's go ahead and realign these gaps here and make it where they need to be at. So you'll see that Nike has never came back down into the middle of this gap, which is impressive that it held this right here. So it actually made a higher high. It made a high, came back low, 
to a lower low, but then it made a higher high. And what we are expecting right now is for this to continue down. We continue, we expect this to continue downward and actually bounce off of this right now. But if you go over to the one hour, what you could be seeing right now is a reversal back to the upside, where if you look at the standard hours just for right now, you'll see that this candle is trying to break out and basically it's probably set the stage for the market. They try to attempt a newer high and actually set the stage that way. So I, I would be interested to see how the market opens up based off the news of Micron, Carnival Cruise Line, and uh, Nike today, really and truly, because Carnival beat as well today and got it that they was going to be profitable even sooner than people expected. So to me, I think we have good news in the market that should make people you know, more uh, investing happy, but we still have problems that we have to get through. What we're going to do is let's finish up on Microsoft. We was talking about Microsoft. We're going to finish up there, okay? So I'm finishing this thought. So when it comes to Microsoft, this right here looks like it could have been a more of a play right now that's setting up for a downtrend, okay? And you do have a – be weary. You do have a gap right here to the downside where it's at 315 to 312. So you could see pain that continues to come down here, especially if you're talking about Facebook, Apple, Netflix, Google, Amazon – tesla and microsoft okay so you could still see pain in those categories and you could see this thing continue to slide here right uh, one of the things is if you're playing puts fam i don't recommend i don't give you financial advice ever but i don't recommend for you to be in these puts very long more than a couple days is good enough for being the put because you do not know when the reversal will be in and they have the carnival uh cruise line ceo actually on Oh, no, that's, yeah, that's actually kind of a cruise line uh, CEO. Let's listen in. A little spike in cancellations from Omicron. I was just wondering if you could give us a little more color on that. Your stock is down about 6% since Black Friday when those Omicron fears first emerged. Yeah, well, you know, um, we have nine world-leading cruise line brands. As you know, Sarah, they're all over the world. And so the impact in different places is different things. But overall... You know, we responded well to the Delta variant um, in terms of the trajectory of the business. We sailed over 1.2 million guests uh, now, and a number of them, even before there were vaccinations, and now with vaccinations and other protocols, uh, we have sailed successfully with the best interest of public health, as has our industry. In fact, cruising may be amongst the safest forms of social um, gathering and travel uh, that there is right now in the travel and leisure and entertainment sector. Um, but having said all that, you know, again, the, the consumers react, the media reacts. So Omicron is out there. It's, um, uh, it is a variant. Uh, what I'm hearing, world scientists and medical experts um, so far are thinking that uh, perhaps while it's more infectious, uh, that is, is less in terms of the negative impacts, things like hospitalization or worse. So, of course, that's good for all of society. Uh, but we're seeing robust booking second half of uh, 22 into 23, strong pricing. And that's without us having done much advertising. Is it really safe to be taking a cruise right now with this spike in cases? Uh, again, you know, we have very effective protocols on board. We have to stay flexible and adaptable with the information today that, that is available. Um, yes, it, it seems um, safe. If information changes, we will respond to that very quickly. But right now, um, yes, it, it appears to be a cruise or any, is it safe to go to a restaurant or a theater or whatever if 
if it's safe to do those things, it's certainly safe to do a cruise. We're testing. People have to be vaccinated in the main, at least here in the U.S. It, again, it varies. We have um, masking on board. We have, depending where you are in the world, other protocols in place, active medical screening, medical stuff on board. To say nobody's going to um, contract the virus makes no sense. I mean, obviously, it's, it's out there in society at large and it's happening. Uh, but the trick is um, keep the cases asymptomatic or minor uh, symptoms and to mitigate the spread, to, to make certain that it's not rapidly um, you know, spreading uh, on a ship. And so far, uh, we've been able to do that. Arnold, um, you've made the case, you know, repeatedly to investors that you've got the cash and the access to capital to kind of keep going uh, in this environment as you try to come back. But just how long can this go? I mean, obviously, you've been forced to operate at a small fraction of 2019 level uh, revenues. But, you know, when do things have to start to normalize uh, for you to actually be able to, to be OK in terms of your, your cash uh, holdings? But, you know, Mike, we um, are ending the, the, our fiscal year, which is in November, at $9.4 billion of liquidity. And we have additional debt capacity. If we need it, we don't think we will, because now, where we ended about the same last year, when we had no ships sailing, or very few, and now we have about 60% of our, our fleet sailing um, with more to come. And so we now have the opportunity to generate cash. And in fact, our customer deposits, um, which is one source of cash, has increased um, about a half a billion or so um, uh, recently. Uh, maybe it's 360 million, but the bottom line is we're, we're up to about three and a half billion customer deposits now, where we were down well below two um, a year ago. So, so things are looking positive. Um, again, we have to stay adaptable. This is a dynamic environment. Uh, we have to adapt to changing conditions, and we have throughout this period. We'll continue to do that. But the overall trajectory is certainly positive. So what, so what is your biggest problem right now, Arnold? Is, is it getting staff to, to come and join these cruises? Is it, is it the public perception? Good question. Good question. What, what's what's no, the we most have difficult? Robust, we, have, we have robust demand. The biggest challenge is itineraries. Where we have itineraries comparable to the itineraries of 2019, for example, our Carnival brand, um, the Carnival brand is sailing um, certain sailings at 100% occupancy safely doing that, um, many at 90% plus occupancy because the itineraries are similar to what people would have cruised previously. Uh, so mainly is having destinations and itineraries. Uh, and the, uh, you know, China is still closed. Australia is still closed. Uh, we can't do world cruises uh, because you, know, you can't um, rely on destinations being open to be able to do a world cruise. Those are, you know, heavily booked and high yielding and so on. So those are our challenges, but all of that will, will play out over time as society becomes more comfortable with dealing with this virus. There will be additional variants in the future. We all know that uh, the virus isn't going anywhere, but the most important thing is the science has advanced. Vaccinations, um, understanding protocols, now treatments, therapeutic, you know, therapeutics if you contract it, but also um, some pre-viral um, prescription meds that, that potentially can come out. All of those things make it such that you know people could contract the virus, but not be concerned about being hospitalized or, or having worse effects. And, and that's, um, I think, the most critical thing for all of us to get back to. But for right now, even in this environment, we're able so far to sail safely and um, we'll continue to take the advice of the global experts, medical experts, and science experts, and of course, being compliance everywhere around the world.
Yeah, they've given you a lot of they've given you a lot of rules. Arnold Donald, thank you for joining us. Interesting thank you guys so much. Happy holidays. Interesting guys. advice. I like that uh, we got the CEO of uh, Carnival. I like that because one of the things that he said that I didn't even think about when it came to cruise liners is the world cruises. Okay. I didn't think about how much bookings they are on those. I, I would imagine they are high yielding though. Like the gross profit that you would make off of that would be high for that type of a ticket. But I didn't think they was in so much demand and for ports to be closed where a world cruise could actually be a benefit to a lot of people or something that a lot of uh, high demand is for and for it not to be available could be affecting the price of where you're actually buying Carnival Cruise at right now. If you're purchasing Carnival Cruise shares, 18 bucks would probably be very reasonably cheap if this is if you're buying them at the time where they start to launch their packages again for a world cruise. As a matter of fact, let's head over to Carnival Cruise. And I'm sorry, uh, Tim, I think I owe you an answer on Microsoft first. Let's do that first. Let me give you your answer on Microsoft because I see it on the screen. So we'll come back to that. And now look at Carnival Cruise here. But you'll see what I was going to say. Be careful about this gap. Because when you get into this gap, this gap could be a, uh, be a benefit. So if you're looking for a call, you definitely want to see a rebound first. Like we always talk about. You want to see bullish momentum and bullish candles. The one of the things that you're seeing right now, if I was to actually scroll down over here, which you can't see because I'm in the way, but I keep hitting the wrong button today, folks. I don't know what's wrong with me, but I'm hiding myself right now. You'll see that the volume here is 28 million. Average volume is 32 million, right? Over the last 10 months. So volume is not there yet. And the stock is trying to tick up from that, but it hasn't yet. So I would be careful here because this could be a head fake. And kind of we want to see that double bottom kind of form here. You could be almost ready to see a curl. Do we have a curl? Let's go over to the daily. Yeah, it's still in the downtrend. It hasn't reversed yet. So let's get our look on the stochastics just to be sure what we're looking at here. Yeah, so we haven't yet got a reversal yet. But you see the same thing I said about the other play, that uh, price is well behind momentum, okay? Price and momentum should be traversing together, and they're not. So I will pay attention to this. Until you see a rebound here of the stochastics to the upside on the daily, I would be weary about taking a play to the upside, um, to the upside, and then – once it reverses, then you can get in on the call. But if you're planning to the downside, price hasn't came down yet. So a put is still in play as well on the way to the downside. So you can watch it both ways, okay? And it may not have yet. It, it, this is close to a double bottom, right? It, it, it broke down on it like we talked about. But you could see a reversal here at the, at the, at the top of the gap, or it could reverse after uh, coming through the gap. Okay, so that's where your move is. At the, you need to watch it for both ways. But let's look at these Carnival Cruise Line numbers here. I'm going to bring it up for to see if we can find these ticket packages. Let's listen in to CNBC real quick, and then we'll go do some uh, some due diligence here in a second. Hi, Chef. Hi, Mike. From the news on CNBC, here's what's happening this hour. Reversing a Trump-era rollback. The White House today addressing climate change with fuel efficiency. The Biden administration raising vehicle mileage standards to reduce emissions of greenhouse gases. The rule goes into effect in 2023, and it targets 40 miles per gallon by 2026. That's 25% higher than the Trump administration rule. Masking up in D.C., it'll be mandatory when you're inside starting tomorrow morning in the district.
They're also announcing the closure of schools January 3rd and 4th so that families can pick up rapid tests for students. It's part of the White House's Test to Stay program, an effort to keep kids in school with testing as cases surge. And 2022 arriving in Times Square ahead of the new year, the actual numbers 2022. These seven foot tall digits are on display for photos through Thursday. They'll be, then they'll be raised atop one Times Square. The New Year's celebration is still on, at least for now. The mayor says he'll decide by Christmas whether the ball drop will go forward as planned. Tonight, jury watch. Three big trials nearing the end for Elizabeth okay, Holmes, so Delaney Maxwell, and the former police officer, Kim. So let's check this out right here. We have now Carnival Cruise Line up right now. Just looking at some of these ticket prices here, right? I put a filter in, and we got 76 results for 10-plus days of world well, this is not a world cruise but this is what you're gonna have to pay for right it'll be this plus range here right so i've got 76 results back from actually doing a 10 plus day cruise and there's an 11 day cruise from south pacific from sydney australia okay eastern caribbean from mobile 639 mobile alabama uh then you have actually uh right here south pacific from bisbane australia and great, great Barrier Reef from Sydney. So those are all in a set, about $650 each, right? So if we look over and check these out, you'll see that a lot of these uh, are actually reasonably priced, in my opinion, at this point in time. Do you think that these prices would be the same if they was actually to open up all the ports? Like, really, truly, like, look at that. You get Papua New uh, Guinea from Brisbane, Australia. These are all 10-day trips, all right? So New Zealand from Sydney, Transatlantic from Tampa. Ooh, that's got Tampa, Bermuda. I can't even say that. Ponta Delgada, I guess. Malaga, Valencia, and ends in Barcelona, okay? So then you got Alaska from San Francisco. That's not that far, but it's a 10-day joint as well. Uh, Lisbon, Portugal, that's a big one, $7.89. And then you see Transatlantic from Rome, Sidovecchia. Uh, I've been there before. Hi, I've been there. That's crazy. Yeah, but you got Sidovecchia, Cartagena. Uh, I can't say that for Chal. I would say Ponta Delgada, Grand Turk, and Tampa. Sidovecchia is a nice place, actually. It's not 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 too bad. That's a 15-day trip. And that's 809 bucks. Imagine what a world cruise has to be. It has to be well more than that, probably in the thousands. So, um, it's, yeah, it's, that's crazy. <coughs> Excuse me. Okay, so to me, what I'm thinking about when it comes over to Carnival, though, right? You might be buying at levels before those cruises get to the point of where they're expensive again, okay? Like, if you look at Carnival right now, we know they already talk about going profitable. If they're going profitable, check this out, right? You're looking at Carnival at what 1890 right now so let's just go back to prior to the pandemic uh what happened with carnival okay you'll see carnival had a major drop okay here see that this is a drop at carnival at the level of i just want to be sure that you can see it blow it up you'll see here is where it started to taper off at 5116 and this is when they was cruising at the levels that they should be cruising at. And we are not back there yet. Obviously, we just heard it from the Carnival Cruise CEO himself on the closing bell. 
is that they still have ways to go that they have things that they have to still bring back because it's consumer demand for those things but it's because of things like omicron and things of that nature where borders are still closed so they can't even offer some of that product line that they actually offer and i would thought it was kind of um crazy that he said that you basically find if you're traveling that's the safest way to travel is by actually on a cruise line to enjoy your vacation quite interesting quite interesting take there and like um you know i kind of agree with him a little bit because um when i traveled back uh from spain recently we uh, we met a couple who me and my uh, friends i was traveling with met a couple they was actually uh on a way to traveling to spain like we met we was in new york uh on a layover and they was getting ready to travel to spain and they basically had to not get on the they couldn't get on the cruise because they didn't have their pcr test for the for covid so they had to actually catch the, the the cruise itself so the cruise had been gone for four days but they told them the only way they can catch up to is at the next port of arrival that actually allowed for them to come in through covid testing measures and that was in spain so that's it was crazy to me that the cruise liner would not let them on without a pcr a pce test pcr pce test but then they had to get one and still be able to connect to the cruise liner in a different country outside the country that was going to allow for them to actually have a who had borders open for them to show up there and actually get on the cruise line so he may be actually owning something as he talks about you know that may be one of the safer ways to measure because they have more strict compliance than anything else i mean one thing that you don't want to have again is a whole bunch of cruise cruise liners that's actually got people that's contagious and basically in quarantine all over the ship so i can imagine that's a better strategic plan here but thinking about this thinking about that the packages that they offer is not completely available and they was trading at almost 51 dollars yeah, actually you can see my my resistance line here was 54.50 and actually had been higher than that prior to that at the very high that we had back here is 66.55 imagine that travel gets back to boom at levels that we have not yet seen yet like i was talking to over in my discord fam yesterday about how if you look at the tsa pre-check numbers you don't take your eyes off these i check these often okay i love checking the tsa pre-check numbers because when you see this this kind of tells you the gauge of where we're at as the economy as we're getting back to traveling regular and this means that business travel is picking up that means that consumer travel is picking up that luxury weekends are coming back, right? Where you want to just get away for the weekend. All that stuff is coming back. And if you look at the levels that we're looking at right now, just from last year and 2019, you'll see for uh, yesterday's numbers, you see 25, 2.5 million people was traveling, right? Through TSA. In 2020, due to COVID at the height, 1 million folks, right? And then you see in 2021, where we're currently at right now, 2.1 million people are traveling. So we're about 400,000 people off of recovering back to pre-pandemic level numbers that means travel is going to eventually get a boom here and when they get that boom based on that and then we started to see that affects ticket pricing this is going to be a signal that travel may come back to carnival cruise lines and actually increase profit uh profitability and increase share price okay so interesting to watch interesting details that was given there on the closing bell by that CEO. So I, I imagine that that is something to actually pay attention to going forward. So, hey, man, I appreciate y'all being here. Hey, definitely hit the like button as we get these likes up on this video. Definitely, definitely, definitely. It's 20 people here. We should have at least 20 likes on the video. So if you have not yet hit that like button, 
Go ahead and hit it. Definitely hit it for you, boy. So that way that we can keep this thing broadcasting out to so many more people, okay? Any more questions on the tickers that you may have, right? I'm going to go into my thesis on spy here as y'all put more tickers down there. We about we got a little bit more time left here, so go ahead and throw your tickers down there that you want to check out as I get into my thesis on spy. Now, what I think about spy, what I really come down to is I believe that spy is at a level where we are still are at on the unknown levels, okay? Let's start there, first and foremost. I don't want you to think that I'm not candid with you. Definitely not going to keep it, uh, my, keep it a hundred. I definitely try to keep it a buck on things of this nature, okay? So when we talk about SPY, all right, you got to look at, at all the, at the other places that SPY is affected, okay? So let's pull up. Uh, let's do this. Let's pull up. The, I'm going to go over to Car Carnival Cruise Lines chart, and I'm going to bring up. A, I'm going to make a new watch list right now, okay? We're going to do this together. We're going to make a watch list. Uh, let's go create new list. And we're going to do. Oh, man, I got to cough again. Excuse me. <clears throat> man, hope I ain't got COVID. All right, so let's do this. Okay, so let's save this. We're going to make a new watch list right here. And we're going to go XL. Okay, so we got XL. Okay, how about we just do spy spy? Okay, so here we go. Look at this. We got XLF. We're gonna add. We're gonna add XLK. We're gonna add XL XHB, XLU, XLE, XLI, XLV, XRT, XLY, XLP, and I think that was our last one that we needed to add. Uh, semiconductor XSD, okay, and yeah, I think we're good, right? I think those are good, and let's just go ahead and throw a biotech on there just for for giggles, okay? But look at all these spiders, right? All of them are red for today. Like that tells you a lot about what we should expect from the market going forward. So when we look at this overall, as we bring it back up again, you'll see all these are red at this point. And only one that's actually was in the good was uh, actually the gold one, right? Uh, to me, that says a lot about what's going on in this market right now. And commonly, if you look at all these together, they kind of make the same pattern, okay? So, theoretically, what you're here for, what is am I actually, um, what are my thoughts on SPY at this point in time? Am I holding? Am I closing? I'm holding, Okay. I'm holding and I might be a glutton for punishment. Okay. So, but we're going to hold here for, for a bit more because really and truly we're shaping up to where we got to have a breakout here at some point in time. And that is hoping and that is wishing. And you don't want to hope and wish, but what you want to look for is consistency and understanding what is going on. This dip that we're getting is basically essentially, let's just clear. I'm going to, I'm going to clear this. Uh, let's go to a different chart. I'm going to just do a new chart so you can just see. So when you look at this chart, you'll see that we are basically making the essentially on SPY the same move that we have already made before, right? Basically here, you're seeing the exact same levels that we're coming back to here, okay? This is where I'm, I'm impressed with how the market is actually watching some of these benchmarks, okay? So like the one thing that we're looking at is that this low right here is 452. And we are to go lower than that. The next low would be here at 451 well we've experienced those lows already okay we've been there with these already and that's 20 december of last year and we've seen these lows here and now we're trying to see if we can actually maintain levels 
So to me, what we may see is a dip here. If you take that move here to this next line up, you will see that that level right here is actually at 453 again. We're seeing a 453 move back here. So we're getting back all the way to last year's pricing at this point in time. And I don't think the market is ready for that. The market might go into a panic if we slide below 450. Below 450, we may see a panic, okay? And that's just my thoughts. And this is not even me trying to, like, trace out anything to kind of show you what I'm just trying to uh, kind of come up with my own thesis. This is just when you look at it, I'm just taking a trend line and showing you back and forth that you've got these, these, these multiple points where it has been at this level before. And if you want to account for this, we haven't been at this level in a while, right? So that level here, if you're taking this level into account, You'll see that level was at December as well. We had it in December this year, right? These are levels that we are just not commonly used to. So we'll see on the one minute. That's on the one minute. That's why I'm wrong in that. So, okay, let's go back and do that again. I'm sorry. Gay, I'm looking at it. I don't know why it reset to me to the one minute. Okay, that was, all, that was a lot of candles. But anyway, let's do that again. So you'll see trend line. Taking it here, you'll see that we actually have basically that level again, right? That's what we're at. We're at this level back in October. Okay. October from December is the level that we're in right now. We hit the same level early and later in October. We hit October 4th, we hit October 6th, and then we made a move up. Now, are we going to make that same trend again? Well, let's look and see. That's next time this trend actually touches for pricing factor, right? It doesn't. Okay. So it stays on this line. Okay. Then if you come back again, the next time is very much so at this level down here, it's at 320. Well, we're definitely not going back to 320 right away. Definitely not. Something uh, something tragic will have to happen for us to go back to that level. So to me, the bottoming is really around 427, 427, right? So this is the level that we could actually come back to at this level, realistically. If we stay in a bear market for so long, we can come back to this level. Do I think that's going to happen? I don't think we get this steep to this decline. I think if we're going to lose all the gains that we've seen since October, we're going to lose them like October 12th gains, okay, which is about 433.26. And how do you play this? You have to play this with knowing when to exit your gains, okay? So if the market takes – so you either one got to hold if you're in the $500 calls now – or if you're like on think or swim or whatever, you can actually roll it. But even rolling it means that you are basically still making that transaction where you sold out, but then you moved into a later on contract. That's all that is. And to me, what you need to think about right now, are you too far deep in on these calls to actually not give it time to actually alleviate itself? Okay. We are still in a slow point in time where volume is not there yet. And the best thing that the market can actually see to me, is if we can actually maintain low volume and spy continues to uptrend, we can get it. And then the market started seeing a little bit more of these earning reports coming in, like the ones that we got from Nike and Micron today, that may give us a push to the upside and just not even rally back to 500. The rally should that you be looking for right now as a smooth signal is above that all-time high of 473.54. We're not even talking about 480. We're not talking about 485. Not talking about 500. We're talking about 473.54 as the limit that you want to get past. And then, really and truly, you started seeing that push and that volume started to recover a bit here. That's when you average up or average in 
cut at a lower price and then watch this thing move to where you can go profitable. And if you want to close your contract, you close your contract then and then roll it if you want to roll it, if you want to be in the 500 calls. OK, so we're definitely in a bear market and this could be a funny making M right here. OK, I think that's the next question that somebody's going to ask. Is that an M that's actually forming here because we gap down to this level? And this technically is an M. And if it's an M, that means it's a bear market, okay? And it could just continue down, which that's why I say 433 could be a possibility here. Now, this M is not, you know, it almost has like a double top here on a, on, on a double top. But it's very, it, the one came in a little bit lower than the other one, right? So you got a top here. It's the all time. And then you got another top, another top that came in, but it broke right before it reached the top. So it basically got rejected before then. And then we've been down ever since. This could be the indicator of that downtrend continuum. So if it breaks this trend line below, you could expect that we're coming back to about 433.06. Okay. So I like to try to keep it real with you. So if you got to come up with a plan, think about that plan that's coming. Is that if it breaks at a certain level, 433 is, 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 is possible. Okay. So that's where we're at, really and truly watching spot each and every day and kind of watching how it's been trading. It's 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 a it's a it's a test, it's definitely a test. And when all you see all the indicators over here that everything that trades off the spot is red, that's letting you know that it's really it may just be beginning or the reversal needs to already be in. And I don't know if the reversal's in just yet. Like when you look at it here, we uh say I hate when I do that. Here we got um, some green candles coming in that last hour. We had three green candles, but look at the wicks. The wicks got bigger, smaller, smaller. So this could almost tend to actually saying there's a downtrend coming. So we'll have to see. We'll have to pay attention to if that downtrend reflects itself. Remember, SPY has gaps right now, okay? SPY has a gap here because he just gap down today. And then SPY has a gap uh a little bit lower one right it was another one that has a gap somewhere right here is another gap well this is a gap as well on spy and having these gaps makes price want to come back down to these levels okay so when you see these type of gaps you see that we got another one here price wants to come back down to these levels when it gets a chance to retrace that level and that may be an opportunity for it to do that. So this one may be filled. Yeah, that one's filled. So we don't need that one. But we do have, and that one's filled as well. Okay. So yeah, watch your gaps. Okay. When you plan this play. And then it's one even further down here that it has not came back to yet. So this is dangerous at this level. You see this gap. That's a gap. That's all the way down at 400. Okay, so we definitely don't want to go back that direction. So those are the gaps. And we see one of these gaps. We want to be sure that we are paying attention to the market sentiment that we have. Okay, so I'm going to run through some of y'all tickers here as we uh, continue on with the closing bell. Uh, so you've got BBY for a possible gap fill. I saw uh, I saw earlier today that there was a lot of put action going on with BBY. I know that's Best Buy. I'm, not thinking, I'm thinking about BBBY. Oh, yeah, that's a big gap. Okay. Uh, now this is the gap off of earnings right here, and it never and it still hasn't recovered from that. Okay, so have one here and here. So bring it down.
Oh, because I'm on the wrong chart. Give me one second. I think I already charted this. That's what I was thinking about. So one of the good things about um by trading view is that you can actually load save your charting and then you can always bring it back up where you actually at. So see, here we go. And I already have that gap already outlined. So I I think that we are not there yet. I think that uh you may have pressure to go. Oh, what happened there? Why did it reverse that? It may have room to go lower. Yeah, this may have room to go lower. I so the first thing that I would look for if I was going for a gap fill is to watch and see if it breaks 103.50. If it don't break uh 103.50, then I would go ahead and just wait, right? I would look to see if it's gonna break here. Right now, I think this downtrend continues. If you look at it on the daily, you see. Right now, price is trying to catch up the momentum. It's actually down on the stochastics. I need to see some more sentiment first before I was actually thinking about considering taking this play. Right now, this is like put city to me and a play that's going to continue in that downtrend. It may revert back to a level of here, 75.48 before it reverses. So I will watch it, right? I will watch it and see and take it in small increments on a put until you actually see that it shows you sign of a reversal. To the upside uh what is apt after hours apt after pay limited i'm guessing that's what we're talking about i never even seen this stock before okay uh so let's see let's do an uptrend see the limit that is in It's making lower low. It's making lower highs, right? Um, wow, why does those candles look like that though? They're making weird candles. Why do they not look? Where's the volume at on this? Oh, nine hundred eighty-three thousand. They're making very small candles. That's kind of crazy. Yeah, nine hundred eighty-nine thousand. When the average volume is 1.3 million, it's really making very low candles. See, this was a, a gap up, but something must have happened here on that gap up, and it has been downtrending ever since then. So to me, this is almost like I don't like the volume. I, I don't even know how you playing this one. Um, yeah, it's really weird. Let's look at one hour candles. Probably even weirder. Yeah, I don't know about these candles. I don't I don't like it. It's a lot of it's a lot of gapping. It's a it's almost like it's gaps down every day or gaps up. I don't know about that one. Um I need I had to look at that one. Remind me tomorrow. I had to look at this out, offline. I don't wanna, you know, waste uh too much more time on that one right now. And I'll look at it later. APT check chart. I get you. I, I get you a better answer. Hit me up in Discord. Tag me in Discord so I don't forget. Uh, AMC, Disney, and Neo. Man, three of them in a row, huh? Let's do them all real quick. AMC. I talked about this last night, so if you haven't seen my video, you need to check it out. AMC actually uh, 
road uh, to a 2% gain today, and then it declined down by uh, 0.64 after hours. I still think that the it's going to make a move about 21% up. I believe that's going to happen. I think what you got to wait for, though, is for volume to pick up. Because like I said, we're in the low volume market, which you see is 66 million. We came in today, averaging 68. So that's good for AMC. But what I believe that you're going to see on the one hour is what you'll see here is that I call for this, this uh, scallop that actually started playing out, the reverse J, ascending J, where it ascended. And now it's like it's trying to make this move. And it's got, it got rejected one time here. So we need to see it break through actually 3051 for a leg up, right? A leg up to 3508. So uh, I think you give it time and you watch this play out a little bit more here and you, you might be significantly happy. I, I tell people anytime, anything this time, this thing is under 30, anytime this thing is under 40, it returned to those levels. So just got to give it time. I think it, it broke, if you look at this, it broke that downward angle trend that it was in, right? Because it made a different trend. So it was down, it's in a downtrend overall and then it made a different angle downtrend. It just broke that today, which this is almost, a W pattern almost, right? We had like a, a W here. It broke, scalloped down here, and then it made us move up. So I think that you just got to watch this play a little bit more. I think this is a play that you just watch, and you see where your timing is at, and then you can get in and you can get out of this play. I want to stay long in a call, but you want to buy shares, you buy shares. But the call, yeah, you it breaks here, and then it runs. And then it can run all the way back up to support or resistance because, look, it's nothing – really holding it back. Like you had this institutional candle here that's gone now. So institutions ain't buying at this level or selling at this level. The next time there's a buy, a, a institutional candles here at this level here, which is about 33.71. But I think that's weak and I think it pushes all the way through. So Disney, okay? Disney is another one. Disney, D-I-S, okay? D-I-S is playing out maybe the way that I expected to. I have this for a W pattern here. But it definitely has to break back down to this level here at 142.25, 142.05 is why I have it at right now. It pulls back to this level, and then I'm watching it right now. Let's see where it's, uh, how it's been trading. You'll see one. Uh, it was another down, another uh, one and a half percent today. I'm waiting on that decline here to this level, then reverse move up. And when it start reversing move up, that's my indicator of me figuring out where I want to get in at. Possibly at 154.72 is when my entry will be at, all the way back up to the gap, okay? And that gap is at 164.02. There's still some more work to be done on this one, right? I think that you want to watch it. You can ride it down here or, you know, be sure that you don't get caught in consolidation on a put and keep your puts limited to a level that you like for like a weekly, two weeks, or whatever. And then when that reversal comes, that reversal gets us, and then we, we ride this thing up, and you see a good momentum push there. So that's my thoughts on Disney. Neo, Neo just had uh Neo Day recently, right? So and it bottomed out. So from where we thought it was going to actually reverse at, it did not. This this is a failed W. Okay. So you could just take these off right here. So that was a failed W. So we'll see what it actually goes from here. But you see it changed angle just like AMC had that angle change. This is an angle change as well. You'll see that now it's going this direction okay and it has not yet broken trend it tried picking its head out of trend hasn't broken it just yet so now we're watching to see can it reverse course through this angle here right so to me when you look at what you was getting on uh neo you're getting these ascending and descending scallops okay so you have right here 
this is a little weird one, but you'll see that it's ascending, right? So it should have went this way, but it didn't. But now this is like the Nike check mark. So it's going to come up this way, and then it's going to probably lean over back down to the trend line that way, okay? So let me delete that one off. So basically, let me go back through that again, okay? And right now, what it looks like it's forming is uh, uh, the Nike swoosh. That's what it looks like it's forming. That Nike swoosh looks like this, okay? It can break. But then as soon as it break, it can also go backwards, okay? And if it goes backwards, it's coming back to the trend for a retest to see if it can pop off that trend. So right now, I believe this is the oversold territory. Um, let's see if I am. Let's see if I'm right. Not yet. It's almost there, but not there yet. So this could be a move that it could make, okay? You could see a run on it. But for me on Neo right now, I'm staying away from the China stocks right now. That's just me personally. Not anything that you need to listen to me about. I'm just going to do it on YouTube. But I'm thinking about... Stand away from China stocks until a lot of this stuff uh, gets cleared up, period, right? Just period. Ports, Evergrande, defaulting, all that stuff has to get figured out before I worry about anything dealing with China, first and foremost. So those are the three, okay? Am I buying any new stocks for the long-term portfolio holdings during this downtrend? What I'm doing is I'm going to buy everything I want to buy in the metaverse pie, okay? My metaverse pie, oh, I didn't check it today. Let's let's look and see what the metaverse pie is looking like. It's probably down right now. I'm adding to the metaverse pie, right? And the reason why I'm going to do it that way is because I got everything that I want in the metaverse pie. It's almost things that I will invest in long-term, okay? And, oh, yeah, we're down uh, 3 to 3%. Okay, so you'll see. That this is the metaverse pie. So basically, we was up, we was running, we was running off on the plug, and then all of a sudden, we're coming back to reality, right? So to me, what I'm going to do is going to keep adding to these companies because all these companies are companies that I would like to invest in anyway. So they already give me exposure to these. So I feel like going into 2022, adding to this portfolio in cash that I make is the best way of going about it because these companies are all companies that I would like to add to. If you would like to actually have your own M1 Finance pie or the Metaverse pie, use that link down below and check that out. So that's the answer to your question, though. That is exactly what I would be doing. I would be adding to the Metaverse pie overall during this downtrend, okay? As long as, it, no matter if the downtrend happens or not, I would just be continually adding to the, uh, the Metaverse pie regardless because those are, like I said, companies that I like to have. And one of the things that um we're going I'm going to do I'm going to also use uh probably no I wait what I plan on doing though is actually doing a dividend in one finance pie as well way basically you invest in that pie and it provides dividends back okay so like matter of fact I guess I should just show so one of the things was there was a request for a dividend challenge next year and I figured the best way to doing that is with in one pie right so let me just show you this real quick and we'll keep moving is that you'll see if i go over to the the n1 finance account you'll see activity you go here it shows your dividends so every time I, I buy these are dividends okay that i'm getting so i figured okay well instead of me buying specific shares in companies to get my dividends if i put a dividend pie together they automatically give me my dividends i i wasn't even taking that into consideration when i made this so that's just another added benefit that I'm going to actually use. So the dividend challenge will be an M1 finance for 2022. Um, more to come on that. More to come on that. But that's one of the things that I'm going to do. Okay. So hope I answered your question on that one. Posh, being down, looking for a bounce. 
Okay, I don't even see Posh. Wait, where is it? Oh, it's all the way down here. Okay, cool. Uh, that's yeah, it's way being down. You, you in this for a put? Um, I, I didn't know you didn't. You ain't on this for a put because you ain't on this on a put. Then should be fine, right? If it's be down, but it's trading sideways. It looks like right. So, uh, but you're looking for a bounce. You're looking for a bounce to the upside. That's what I understood out of that, right? So, uh, boom, 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 hourly. See, this is to me. This is a lower low, well, lower high to me. Like when I see this right here, and remember, all of this is subjective, right? That's a, a lower high. Okay, so it's almost like it's still in that downtrend. And if I account for any of this other stuff, right? To me, it has changed the angle of where it's going. So it actually, making it's going lower, right? So it could bounce here though, because if I go back over to the daily. Uh, I don't know. Let's see. Daily. Oh, this thing is so nasty. Oh, oh, this thing is nasty. Okay. Um, call. You got a call on put on posh. Okay. Um, I think this thing is nasty. I think. It's at it's at it's at the bottom. You it ain't nowhere else for it to go. It ain't never been down here before, and that's dangerous. You don't know how far it could drop. To me, it's at seventeen twenty four right now. Seventeen twenty four. If this thing breaks sixteen seventy five, I'm out. Oh, you can't even see the chart though, right? I'm show you the chart. Here you go, right here. That's the chart. You see that? You see this right here? This leg, 1614. This is the bottom. This nothing that this where it came from. This was recent too. This is 10 November. Okay. 10 November on that. So 10 November, you'll see that if I pull this back out, that it's been basically been going down, 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 like down to the pavement. You see all that down? That's all down, right? So what I'm saying is you see here that it has, this is on the daily right now, but I had it on the hourly. If I go over to the hourly, you'll see, trying to blow it up just good enough. So here, right? To me, this is a high, right? Lower high, lower high. It broke out, but still has not retraced for push. To me, you got to wait for it to come through two downtrends because this is a downtrend and then this is the overall downtrend so you got to see it go through 1742 1771 right for me i don't know what your call is on this but whatever your call is i don't maybe it's a seven maybe it's 18 who knows um but what i'm saying to you is support here is at 1616 it's nothing back there besides that level right here right it went down to that level and then almost retested that level before it recovered I'm saying if it bounces below 1675, it's time to roll. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Uh, we talked about Best Buy. Yeah, uh, you're talking about way back gap. Uh, so you want to see the, the gap on Best Buy for July? 
Was that another one I talked about already? That was a different one? Let me go back. That is the gap from, oh, this is the gap from November. You're saying there's a gap going back further than that that it's going to try to fall down to here, right? Oh, it could. That is absolutely true. That could be a thing. Uh, let's zoom in on that. So here, right, you have a gap. That's the wick. And that is price, okay? That is a $4 price target, okay? We are looking at it back here. Oh, yeah, it's going there. It's already on its way there. That's a fact. That's a fact. That's that's go that's going down. 9201. It's going there. It don't have nothing to it don't have nothing to catch it. Like it's the only thing that could catch it here is at the top of the gap. Right? And that's really nothing. It's going there. Yes. I agree. 9201. Book it. It's going there. Um yeah. Okay. I think we ran through all the tickers. A good catch on that best buy play. Um, I think that is a good play for a gap because it's going all the way through it. I, I agree with you 100%. So, all right, I'm going to get out of here, fam. Um, I got some other things to take care of. I'll see y'all tomorrow. Hey, definitely, definitely, definitely pay attention to what happens tomorrow with the futures and definitely pay attention to the VIX, okay? We didn't talk about the VIX today, but you already know my range on the VIX, 18 to 21 in this volatile market. When the market cools off, we're looking at about 15 on the VIX. V-I-X for those who are trying to figure out what I'm saying. The volatility index, okay? Check that out. Um, I hope that y'all have a great evening. I hope that we make more money tomorrow, vice today. And we go about this each and every day the way that we talk about. So keep your eyes on that. And definitely, if you're a part of my Discord, watch out for my buying trade alerts anytime I make them. I'll catch y'all next video. Y'all stay safe. Peace.